Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Did anyone get a chance to go to the homework, which was to watch that video of the woman waiting in a hospital room wearing virtual headphones that are taking her on a roller coaster ride? Did y'all see that? It's so funny. If you haven't seen it yet, you must. I mean, it was a big meme years ago, but it's it never fails to delight. And when I saw that, um, you know, I kind of look at everything with a spiritual perspective. That's just how I am. And I thought to myself, the way that woman is behaving is exactly how I behave in my life when I lose touch with what I think I really am. So for those of you who don't know yet, I once had a kind of a near-death experience, saw a light, felt connected, uh, changed everything forever. And that light told me, you know, this is what's real. This um, this universe that is so much more beautiful where there, you're not just a little human having a, a, a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a little tiny human experience. And you're supposed to be able, not you're supposed to, but the whole, the whole object of human existence is to learn to feel what you really are, which is peace and love and joy without cease, even while you're in a human body. So I have been on the roller coaster lately because, I don't know if I told you this, but I have a new book coming out for the first time in several years. It's called The Way of Integrity, and I'm trying to get a copy of it between the computer cords. Ha ha! Victory is mine. Oh, it's behind me too. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, the book is called The Way of Integrity, and it's like, it's the culmination of all my self-help research and work on myself, on other people, everything I've read for the last 30 years. And it basically all comes down to finding, being whole. So integrity doesn't mean being morally superior. It means being one thing, integer, one thing whole and undivided. So one way I like to say it is, it means to be yourself, your whole self and nothing but yourself. So your whole self is as big as the universe. Your whole self is that unalterable peace, love, and joy that literally extends through the universe. That's your whole self. And nothing but yourself means no fear, no no regret, no rage, no negativity, because those negative qualities are not what you really are. So I thought, okay, nice objective for the end of of one's existence, but I started writing this book and I realized, well, I realized two things. One thing is I realized that um, Dante Alighieri had already written all about this in a book, a little book called The Divine Comedy back in like 1320. And that he had written a metaphorical roadmap out of the stress of human existence and into joy. And I also realized that If you can get to a place of just really simple truth where you find your true self and resist everything that tries to pull you away, you do enter that space of incredible beauty and peace even while you're in this body. So I have a list of things that somebody just gave me to say because I have to remember to say them because I always forget. Okay, the book is coming out Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. For those of you watching live, that's this coming Tuesday. And it's this book. My publisher asked me to remind you that allows me to show up every week and do the gathering room for free and do a lot of other things that I do pro bono all over the world and like give months of my 
of each year to just trying to help, right? So this is, um, if you buy that book, it will help me do what I do in the world much, much more, and it will mean the world to me. And for those of you who like to party at home in your pajamas, drunken naked with the TV camera off, or in pajamas with a cup of tea, um, I'm inviting you to launch the book with me and Liz Gilbert. She's going, we're on Tuesday, um, April 13th, this coming Tuesday. Join us for a conversation about writing and integrity and life. And you do not need to buy tickets in advance. So please just go to my website, Martha Beck. Oh, you do. <laughs> you do need to buy tickets. In They're very cheap. You need to buy tickets in advance. So please go to my website, MarthaBeck.com to get yours. And uh, do they still have any books left on sale? Yeah, you get a book with a signed book. I've been signing books all day. My hand is like mush. So yeah, you get all these things. I was going to forget to do that. <laughs> they said right before, you've got to say all these things. And I was like, yes, I will not forget, said one part of my ADD brain. And then the other part of my ADD brain completely forgot. That's not integrity, people. Being one thing, knowing the same things, being whole and undivided, that is integrity. Being two things divided from yourself. That's duplicity. So I just showed the duplicity that comes from my ADD. Other things that can push us out of integrity and into duplicity include difficult traumatic things that make us um, afraid to be our whole selves. Like you fall in love, you get your heart broken, you never want to love again. That can break you away from your true self. And then by far the biggest influence is socialization. So it's a difference between your nature and your culture. Your cu culture will tell you to behave in certain ways. Your nature will tell you to behave in other ways. My true nature jumps in here with you and just wants to talk about how to get off the roller coaster of human emotion and into the truth of our spirits. And my culture says, but Marty, you forgot to read about the Tuesday launch and the book coming out. So now I have done both. So I managed to bring the two together and I'm in integrity again. So life goes better in all the ways when your mind, your heart, your soul, and your body are all telling the same story and you're, you're lined up and you're doing what you feel you should in all those ways of making meaning, mind, body, heart, and soul. Now, one of the things that happens to us when we lose our true nature, and most of us, we bump into some kind of culture, our family culture primarily, very early in life, like pre-verbal. So the first thing we do when we realize we're going to get approval for leaving our true nature, like baby's crying, fussing, not feeling good, baby realizes everybody's enraged at baby for crying, baby stops crying, but not out of comfort, out of fear. That is a, a split away from the baby's integrity. That doesn't mean there's anything bad about the baby and there's nothing bad about the vast, vast, vast majority of humans who lose their integrity. Do you know in Dante's Divine Comedy, in the Inferno, where all those people are being punished, out of the nine circles of hell where people go to be punished, seven are reserved for people who had no idea they were doing anything wrong. And they could leave any time. The only reason they're in the inferno is that they're confused. They think they're supposed to have lived a certain way, but they didn't live that way because their culture pressured them away. So they're, they're stuck in believing things about themselves that are keeping them in hell. So we get stuck with internal demons inside ourselves that say things that aren't true for us, like 
you're not enough, you're bad news, uh, nobody will ever love you. And our deeper selves know those to be untrue and the, the split of that, our real beliefs versus the cultural belief system, that's what causes not just some psychological suffering, but all of it. Okay, so book launch week. Everybody's been calling me up saying, aren't you excited for Tuesday? And I am, um, but I've gotten excited for book launches before and some of them went just the way you'd think like in your fantasies, like, oh, we've had to go back for more prints. Oh, you're being reviewed in the New York Times. Oh, you're on the bestseller list. I've had that happen. That happened to my second book. My first book came out and literally sank without a sound. Like this thing that I'd worked on my whole, I felt like my whole life I'd been building up to it. I put this book out and the publicist went into jury duty and no one ever heard of the book and it just died. Like it was born, stillborn book. And the grief of that was horrific. And I, I never thought anyone would want to read my second book, which was about my son. So I kind of relaxed and just wrote what was true for me. And it went all over the place. It, it was my first bestseller. It was wonderful. And I got really hyper about it. In fact, I, I ran into an energy healer somewhere on my book tour and he put his hands around my head and everything. And then he said, is there any possible way for you to be less excited? And I was like, I don't think so. He was like, well, it's burning you out. You need to find a way. And eventually I did pretty much physically burn out. So I've been doing these interviews where people are praising the book and whatever, and I get all hyper and I can feel the adrenaline tasted in my mouth. And I know it's going to crash. And then a couple of days ago, maybe it was just, couldn't have been yesterday, the day before, I got news from a friend who had had a very, very frightening diagnosis, the kind you really don't want. And we don't know how bad it is yet, but we know it isn't good. And it, boom, the, the roller coaster went down, boom. So you're going up, 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 ooh, look at the view. If you watch this woman in the video with her virtual reality goggles, she's like, ooh, everything's so pretty up here. Look around. And then she's like, oh crap. And down she thinks she goes on the roller coaster because it's what's projected into her virtual reality goggles. There's now quite a genre of this online I found when I looked at it. And it's worth looking at because when that light came to me, what it showed me was that the whole roller coaster of human emotions was coming from a screen of illusions that was being played inside my mind. And that my deep self knew that when a book hits the bestseller list, it's not going to make me happy. And I promise you, I've talked to lots of bestselling authors. It does not make you happy. It makes you happy for one, one number one bestseller told me it made me happy for about 10 minutes. <laughs> um, and I also know that when that terrifying diagnosis comes, that's not really real either. They're both real. Like a virtual reality projection is real. Like a video game is a real video game. But there's a reality beyond that. And, you know, everybody writes about Dante's Inferno. Nobody writes about the second and third parts of the, and final parts of the Divine Comedy, which are about purgatory, which where he learns to get rid of all the beliefs that have been like snagging him into hell. He has to start walking freely. And once his mind is free, he has to act freely. And once he gets his actions aligned with his thoughts and those two things aligned with his truth, he reaches paradise. 
And at that point, he does something very unusual for a writer. He says, stop reading. And he's like, I'm not kidding. You do not want to go where I'm going. And you, I don't think you can. It's like a challenge. He throws down the gauntlet. And then he starts talking about how he exists in this incredible beauty where the, the sounds and sights and fragrances and the love coming from these incredible beings of light is just overwhelming. And he keeps saying, you can't imagine it. Imagine something better. Imagine something better. And I believe that what Dante was experiencing was enlightenment, which as I've told you before, is now a state that brain scientists have measured in the brains of monks who claim to have achieved it. And their brains really are different. As the roller coaster of human life goes up and down and up and down, and there's always the emotion that stays there, another part of us watches from a from further away. So we're like watching our lives as movies played out on a screen and we're in the audience eating popcorn going, wow, this is, this is sad, man. This is a sad movie. Or, oh my gosh, this movie is so funny. Or this movie, oh, the injustice in this. Oh, I'm so angry. I'm eating popcorn. It's not as real as the life that we are. So uh, the ultimate roller coasters are birth and death and life is not the opposite of death. Birth is the opposite of death. Those are the two roller coaster extremes. Life is the field through which the roller coaster travels. And it watches our emotional ups and downs from a place of stillness. As T.S. Eliot said, we become the still point of the turning world. And I've found myself retreating to that stillness to deal with the excitement so I don't rev myself up too hard and I don't have some hideous disappointment if the book doesn't do well. And also to bring myself to a place where watching the fact that we all get sick and die or we all, we all die eventually and that it may happen to my friend sooner than I want, I can get away from that too. I can watch my heart sink into my shoes but from a place where I know that my friend is life. My friend is not the body that he's been inhabiting while I love him. So that's what I have to say about that. And oh, people are saying such nice things about the book. And I have, um, I'm going to go here and ask for the questions that maybe came in. Hello, the lovely peoples. This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. Probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com slash purpose and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. All right. This is all so complex. Hey, Jessica. Jessica says, is such an interesting question you are commenting on. So much emphasis is put on visioning the future. How do you work with planning and visioning in contrast with surrender like you're talking about? It's so fascinating. When you envision the future, there's this thing. Oh, I was going to wait to say this. 
when I talked to Liz, but I'm going to say it again anyway, because it's just, it was such a weird experience. At the very, very last end of the Divine Comedy, in the last three lines, Dante reaches the light that is the source of the universe. It's, it's this overflowing light of exquisite beauty. And he says he, he goes toward it and then he switches from past tense to present tense. So all of this way he's been saying, and I went there and I did this and that happened. And then he says, and then I become the light that moves the sun and the other star, or the love, sorry, that moves the sun and the other stars. I become, I am. And I was reading this for like the umpteenth time. And suddenly I had such a clear image of a man's face in my mind in profile. And at that point where he says, I become, he turned and in my mind's eye and looked straight at me. And I thought, oh my God, he can see me. It was the weirdest moment. And I thought he can see everyone who reads that and gets it. He is actually from 1320 looking at us. And I, the reason when you get to that moment of complete and absolute integrity, there is no future. There is only presence. There's no way to write except in the present. That's why um, in the Old Testament, um, or I think Jesus said this, he was quoting the Old Testament, but he said, before Abraham was, I am. So he said, before this thing that happened thousands of years ago, I am. He can't say I was because that which is speaking has no past or future. It is just the present. And at the speed of light, time disappears and you can be everywhere at the same time at any point in history. So yeah, when you get to the point of pure integrity, what spills out is a vision that feels like it's coming through you and not from you. And you find yourself doing things like I moved to my ranch in the forest and I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This is so amazing. And I'd seen visions of it in my mind's eye, but I felt like I was present. And then I thought, okay, here's where I'm supposed to be for the rest of my life. And I like people assumed the same thing. I talked about it all the time. Six years later, something else was happening and I hadn't really foreseen it, except I kind of had. I mean, you'll, when I'm in a place of pure presence, Sometimes the future is spread out before me very clearly so that I can make plans. And sometimes it just spills over like water, but it doesn't come from my calculating mind. That stuff never works out. I have never made anything work with my mind. As I say in this book, I have never controlled anything with my thoughts, including my thoughts, nothing. But when I come into absolute presence and I'm just focused on, say, my breath um, without any distraction, whatever, sometimes the future explodes into my mind and I'm like, well, hell, that'll be good. So Donna says, hi, Donna, how do we keep ourselves as the watcher when the roller coaster ride is so loud? I get so distracted by the success quest of the, or the haven of hurt. So eloquent, Donna. And Donna was in a little group of 20 people who were selected to be ambassadors for this book. It's just so, it was luck of the draw, Donna. How's that? Yay. Um, you keep yourself off the roller coaster by daily practice, by it's like a muscle that you have to use or you do lose it. it the, the brain is plastic and if you, and that means malleable. And if you use it in a certain way, it gets, gets stronger like a muscle. And if you don't use it that way, those synapses wither. So I like to watch, for example, the, the little video I put up for you guys of the woman in the visual reality goggles. It reminds me 
that what I'm reacting to may not be what I think it is. It may not be real at all. Uh, Mark Twain once said, my life has been filled with horrible catastrophes, the vast majority of which never happened, right? They're all going on in here in our projected screens. And even when something dreadful happens at us, somebody shouts at us or something, and we think, oh, this is bad, someone attacked me. If we were to step back and we had the empathy of being everyone at once, we might understand that that person was in a place of lashing out from internal agony and it meant nothing about us. It, it was just a show. It's all, it's what Shakespeare said. We are such stuff as dreams are made of. It, everything's being projected by the mind. And the more you meditate, the more you get still, the more that shows. It's not a place you have to think yourself into. It's not a concept, it's an experience. But the only way we can get to it is by being very, very still. And if we're not whole, if we're not in integrity, we can't get that still. There's too much agitation. So part of this book, the last fourth of the book, is about how to get that still. So still that suddenly the universe pops into a different, a different image. It's like one of those... Um, visual illusions that it'll show two faces facing each other and it'll look like a vase and then it'll look like faces and it pops back and forth and you're you just sit and you focus on your breathing or you do whatever meditation technique you want to use and one day and then on many days suddenly it's like boing oh that's that's an illusion that is this is all being projected by consciousness you you experience it and it is not to be described and that's why i think dante says don't even try he said i'm going on this ship you got a little, pretty little boat i don't think you can make it he's pretty blunt <laughs> and i was like don't talk to me like that you dante so yeah try it kathy says when can i be in that moviegoer place what in watching my oh when i can be in that moviegoer place in watching my life it feels more peaceful how do we get there more often Thank you and love to your friend and all who love him. Thank you so much. Um, we get there by dropping self. We get there by paying no attention to anything but compassion for ourselves in this moment. One of the things I put in this book, which I keep holding up just like a real author, um, are, some th are some exercises for getting still and calm and, and in that space of peace. We've done some of them on previous gathering rooms. You can go back and check them out. See if there's one called the um, Allow Surrender Meditation. It's in the book, um, but it's also something we've done on the gathering room while I was writing the book. So it's just, there are many ways to sort of push the mind to the present moment, but ultimately, as Eckhart Tolle says, that's, that's where you end up finding sanctuary is always in this moment. Like, let's all do it right now, you guys. Okay, look around. Are you okay in this moment? You may be in pain. You may be in fear. You may be in debt. But look, that was just a second ago and you lived through it and you're okay. And that's what it is. It's now, 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 now. I think I told you guys I was having dental surgery done and I started doing this now, 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 now meditation and the pain disappeared. It works. Okay, Kira said, I've often experienced the up level or high periods of my life uh, that they are equally as exhausting as the rock bottoms. Me too. Someone recently told me that the body experiences both physiologically in the same way. Can you please talk about that a bit? Absolutely. Um, I wrote a book about weight loss of all things and what it was really about, I wanted to call it thinner peace 
because it was really about the hormones that we generate in different states of emotion. And one of the things I found out was that adrenaline, uh, cortisone, glucocorticoids, and a whole bunch of other stress hormones are generated whether we're in a very frightened state or a very manic state. Both those things cause that flood of hormones. And when we relax, a lot of people love the high. It's literally like a drug high. It is a drug high. All drugs do is stimulate the release of different hormones. And that's what it feels like. But if you go into a place that is calm, your body chemistry changes in something called the alkaline tide. And that means that those excited hormones go down. And what comes up is the slow and steady serotonin, like dopamine comes when we're right at, when we're fascinated, but not manic. It's like there are these, there's this beautiful flow of sweetness that comes into the body. If you've ever held a sleeping baby, that's the energy they put out. And that is exquisite. Ultimately, it's so much more fun than constant manic. Okay, Laurie says, could it be that the role, that it feels like a roller coaster? It's because this is not your book, but you've been used as a channel and now it's moved through you. Um, not fully since bringing awareness to the book is still required. And now you're being prepared to be used again by life, that crazy movie maker. Um, good point. Laurie, you should be a life coach. If you're not a life coach, you should be. And it should probably not be a typical life coach. Go to my program or another one like it, because that is a spiritual insight. Um, I actually feel that way. I actually, most of the time, I've been far less manic about this book than anything I've published before, because I think, oh, it was just Dante. Like, <laughs> it's not mine, it's Dante and whatever flows through. And I, I felt a lot more peace. But you're right, every time the world catches me, I'm like, oh, oh, got to remember to save the things. And then I pump a lot of adrenaline and then I burn out and have to ask my family to cover for me, which they've been doing so beautifully and I love them forever. Okay, Karen says, how does the state of equanimity intersect with integrity? They are one and the same. Given that the ups and downs are regulated in that state, is equanimity integrity? Yes, it absolutely is. When it all comes together, so I have, yay, exciting things about my book. Oh, bummer, bad things about my friend. And it's like, oh, okay, climb off the roller coaster. The high is sweet and it's a game and the low is bitter and it's a game. Oh, remembering that is truth. So now I'm in integrity and it's so sweet. It's that sleeping baby feeling or happy baby feeling. Um, beautiful question, Karen. Emily Elizabeth says, which deity is behind you? That is Guan Yin, the goddess of compassion. I painted that when I was going through an experience that I also wrote about in this book. When I left the Mormon church, wrote a book about it and got all kinds of um, death threats and legal threats and bankruptcy threats and whatnot. I painted Guan Yin, the goddess of compassion, and I painted around her a jewel, a faceted jewel that has all these religious symbols, the Eightfold Path of Buddhism, the Star of David, the Cross of Christianity. I tried to put all the religions into this one painting and that's how I kept myself still when my life was being threatened. Okay, mm, Kira, any tips to comfort our loved ones who are genuinely concerned as we transition from navigating from logic to navigating by intuition or divine wisdom? 
intuitive moves often look a bit crazy from the outside. It's true, but if you bring that divinity to your loved ones, if you get out of the way and let it be there with them, you don't even have to say anything. It flows into the room and it picks them up and it holds them. And again, I've written down some exercises that are that will probably help, I think. So it's a, all you have to do is be present with them and then reflect what you're seeing in front of you, which is, that's love, to just say, I see what you're going through and I'm here. Okay, and finally, <laughs> oh, somebody, that's my lemon. Is that what it says? That Amy Lemon. It says, Dante's got your back and so do we. Oh my God, you guys. I have to say, when I got ready to do this today, I've done all these interviews and podcasts and stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to go talk to my friends now. Like this is, I have to get really hyper because we do this every week. And I am the, the most blessed person on the face of the earth because look at you guys look at you look let's just go save the world okay you guys let's just become open like clear window panes through which the light of love can shine to the world and it can solve all these awful problems that we seem to be experiencing but which are really all in the visual reality goggles so as I go out, I promised I'd say this again. New book coming out April 13th. For those watching live, it's this coming Tuesday. Um, that's what allows me to do other things for free. And join me and Liz Gilbert on Tuesday, April 13th. But you do need to buy tickets to come to the live event. So please go to my website, MarthaBeck.com and buy a ticket and a book. And I love you very much. And I will see you next Sunday right here in the gathering room. Mwah, 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 mwah. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, a few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025. But I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star. It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us. 